All right, so if you uh, have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 7. This is uh, in the middle of, I think, one of the uh, most transformative passages of Scripture where Jesus is giving this Sermon on the Mount, and if you will, he's sharing his manifesto for what it means to follow him. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be participating together, uh, as well as I understand about 30,000 other people around the country, uh, in what we're calling the Red Letter Challenge. And it's a 40-day devotional throughout lunch, uh, throughout lunch, (laughs) throughout Lent, yeah, I guess what's in my psyche, I guess. Yeah, that's a long lunch if you're cramming 40 days of devotion there. <laughs> um, uh, we're going to study through it together. We've got some books at the back, and I want to encourage you um, to get one and, and walk through this 40 days with us. On the Sundays in between those 40 days, I'm going to be kind of talking uh, about um, some of the things we're, we're, we're learning together. But first, today... I want to introduce the importance of the red letters, right? When we talk about the red letters, we're talking about the words that Jesus says, right? And it's not that all of Scripture isn't important. It is all God's Word. But as Christians, we are followers of Jesus. And so it makes more sense that we lean into the red letters and to what He says a little bit more, more powerfully. So I don't want to guess how many red letters there are in the Bible. 144,000. That sounds like a very biblical number, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Seven, 40. 26. Oh, yeah, very good. Very, very good. <laughs> I had to think. Because there are 26 letters in the alphabet. So there are only 26. 48%. Yeah, very good. Does everyone get that now? That was, uh, that was good. 26. Good. 48% of the Gospels are the words of Jesus. Right? If you're interested, there are 31,000 red letters. Took me two lunches to count that. <laughs> That's how I did it, really. Yeah, yeah. This Google thing. Yeah. <laughs> so today I want to talk about why the red letters are important, and I want to look at some of the red letters where, at the end of this passage, Jesus Himself answers why the red letters are important. The red letters are the words. Of Jesus, And if we're going to follow Jesus, we have to listen to the red letters. If we are going to be people of action who act in the right way, before we act, we have to listen to the red letters, the red words of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the word. And throughout scripture, we are encouraged to read his word. 
There is much that the Christian church disagrees on today, but one thing that we don't disagree on is the importance of the words of Jesus because they have the power to unite and the power to uh, energize and the power to transform. As we read the words of Jesus, we will see that there really is no other name under heaven as powerful as that of Jesus. Jesus himself said when he was looking and confronting people who lived lives just like us, translating, he said, your problem, you are in error because you don't know the scriptures. You don't know the word. You don't understand the red letters. And here's the promise, that the more we understand the red letters of Jesus, the more we get better at this thing called life, and the more of the fullness of life that we receive. So I want to share with you three things about these words that make them so important for us. The first is found in Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Jesus, in red letters, says, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and that gate is wide, and many will choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few will ever find it. The first thing that I want to let you know and uh, offer as an explanation as to why the red words are so important is because the red words narrow our path. They give us parameters. They give us scope of what it means to follow Jesus, the gatekeeper who leads us down this narrow path all the way to the kingdom of heaven. Now, many of us think that the word narrow is unhelpful and that as more evolved people, we need to live the broad life. If you haven't discovered it yet, the broad life doesn't take us where we need to go. Many of us have tried to follow that. Many of us have pushed the boundaries. We've stepped outside the parameters and we've stepped into this big, broad world and we've realized that the broad path doesn't get us where we need to go. It just keeps us going around and around in circles. Many people in our society today say that the broad way is the way to travel. And that if we're not traveling the broad way, we are narrow in our love. 
the gospel says something very different. It says we are to be broad in our love and how we extend that. But that we are to walk the narrow way because it's the narrow way that leads us to eternity. I don't know about you, but when I go to a restaurant and their menu is this full, I have a hard time choosing what to get. Have you ever been to In-N-Out Burger in California? Three choices. Three choices. When I have three choices, as opposed to 30 choices, when there are 30 choices, there's a lot more chance that I'm going to get something I don't want. The narrow menu is better than the broad menu. It gives us parameters. It gives us guidelines. It gives us rules to live by. One of the problems with the, the Broadway is that the not, the, not the place where you go to watch a musical, but the Broadway is that when we live the Broadway, we're continually changing the rules. We're continually uh, expanding the boundaries of what is right and wrong. And all that does is lead to greater confusion and greater disharmony and to more trouble. Jesus says everybody's traveling the Broadway. But the Broadway isn't a path, it's a circle. And it doesn't get you where you need to go. He said many people will follow the Broadway. But if you want to get where I'm going, if you want to follow me, you've got to walk the narrow way. How do we discover what this narrow way is? We read the red words of Jesus. Jesus says about this, it's going to be difficult. It's a whole lot easier to go a, a broad way where anything goes, where we make up the rules, where we let our, our, our subjectivity determine what is, what is right and wrong. It's a whole lot easier to do that, but we have these words that, that act as a parameter for us, and it's, it's hard, but it's worth it because it takes us where we're going. Says only, only a few will find this road because it's so hot. One of our roles as, as believers is to say, hey, there is a narrow way, but that narrow way doesn't exclude you. That narrow way invites you to walk it. Everybody is invited to, to follow Jesus, to walk this road. And we walk this road by reading the red letters. The first reason why it is so important that we spend time reading the red words of Jesus is because they take our thinking, which is all over the place, that is selfish, that is sinful, that leads to destruction, and it puts some parameters around it so that we can walk down 
the path to get where God has for us. One of the other advantages of this, this narrow way is that it causes me to, um, to chisel away my ego. If there's too much of, of me, I don't fit in the, the narrow way. Following the narrow way, following the words of Jesus is kind of like some spiritual weight watchers, right? It's continually chiseling away at our sin, at our brokenness, honing us and refining us so that we can walk this path that Jesus has for us. To have a safe trip, Missy. Yeah. Missy's got to head to Georgia. She wanted you to know that she's not mad. She's just got to go to Georgia. <laughs> First of all, the words of Jesus, they're narrow. And that's a good thing because we need narrow. Those of us like me who are prone to get lost, and as we often sing about, prone to wander, a narrow road is the best way to live. The words of Jesus are narrow. Secondly, Jesus goes on, verse 15, and he reminds us that the words of Jesus are true. He says, beware of the false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way that they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. Did you get that? So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. The second thing that Jesus is saying about his words is not only do they narrow things down which we need, but his words cut through truth and tell us what truth is. He says, beware, watch out, be afraid of the false prophets. You know what a false prophet is? A false prophet is someone who says something different and contrary to the red letters of Jesus. A false prophet is someone who dabbles constantly and all they know and all they believe is fake news. Fake news is not a new thing that has been uh, just developed by our media. It has been around as long as there have been liars and gossips and false prophets. And Jesus is saying here, you have to watch those people. And the best way to watch those people is, is by reading and studying and listening the red letters that I am sharing and he goes on to say, there's a problem with these false prophets. The problem, he says, is that they look a lot like us. He says they are defined and disguised as harmless sheep. That metaphor of sheep was one that Jesus used a lot. And he calls himself the shepherd and he calls us the sheep. 
He's saying here that the false prophets, what makes them so hard to distinguish is that they look and they think and they speak often like we do. And so he's saying, just because someone looks like you, you need to dig a little bit, bit deeper before, before you follow them, before you understand them, before you believe them. And he goes on to say in the rest of this passage that the credibility of people lies in what they do. He's saying you can't fake behavior. He gives this example of a, of a tree. You know, a tree is not going to grow the wrong kind of fruit on it. If you're growing uh, an orange tree in your backyard, apples aren't going to appear on the branches. If they do, it's a fake tree, right? It's a false prophet. It's a liar. Jesus says, if you want to follow my words, do so because they are narrow and we need narrow. We got to be broad in our love, but we got to be narrow in the parameters we set around our lives. He, he says, if you want to, to live funny, if you, uh, fully, if you're going to believe my words, then you got to step away from the false prophets, from the fake news. And you got to believe the truth. And the way to determine the truth it's not just by, by looking at someone and seeing if they're, they're like you, they're part of your camp. The way to determine truth is by seeing the fruit of their lives. Is what they're producing in keeping with the very things that God says he wants to do. How do you know what God says he wants to do? Well, you read the red letters, right? At our coffee and conversation this past Tuesday, we talked about the, the situation with uh, Jussie Smollett. You know who that is? The, the actor who like staged this beating up on himself and, you know, had some guys arrested and now he's arrested. You know, and the conversation is, well, what, what needs to happen to this guy? I think we have a lot of sympathy for this guy. I think we got to pray for this guy, but I think we got to come down hard on this guy because he's perpetuating falsehood. And when falsehood is perpetuated, we go more and more off the rails. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And because Jesus is the truth, the more that we perpetuate that which is false, the more we distance ourselves from Jesus, the truth. Does that make sense? We read the red letters because they are narrow. And the broad, the broad way confuses us. We read the red letters because they are truth. And we need to know truth in a world of false prophets and deceivers and fake news. A third reason that Jesus shares in verse 24 Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. He's like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. 
But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds their house on the sand, when the rains and floods come and the wind beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. We read Jesus' words because they are narrow and broad has a way of hurting us. We read Jesus' words because they are true and falsity has a word way of confusing us. We read Jesus' words, Jesus says, because they are wise when we often live in a world of foolishness. What I believe Jesus is talking about here, when he talks about building uh, a house upon the rock, is he's talking about our worldview. He's talking about our philosophy of life. And I believe he's saying that if we follow his words, then his words will sustain us and strengthen us and encourage us and move us forward among the foolishness that we offer encounter in this world. He's saying, build your foundation on me. Build your worldview, your perspective on me. When you live from my paradigm, through my lens, on my word, then you make better decisions. You make decisions that aren't just best for us, aren't just best for the community, but are right and honoring before God. And surely those are the best kind of decisions. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise. That's why we read the red letters. Because they offer us parameters as we need them. They offer us truth through the chaos of falsity and fake news. They offer us wisdom when so often we are prone towards foolishness. Verse 28, when Jesus had finished saying these things, sharing these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught as one with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of the religious law. It doesn't say that when Jesus had finished teaching, everybody believed him. It says everybody was amazed by him and by his words. I don't know where you are on this spectrum of believing the words of Jesus. 
You know, we tend to have this um, pick and choose mentality to them a lot of times. But wherever you are on that spectrum, as we study them over the next 40 days, we cannot help but be amazed by them. Because there is something in these words that have a power that is bigger and bolder and brighter and beyond anything that any other words have to offer. It says he taught as one with authority. We'll read newspapers and the words there. And maybe we'll believe them. Maybe they're, they're true. Maybe they're helpful. But they don't have this authority behind them. We'll, we'll, we'll search through our, our, our social media networks and we'll see what our, our friends' opinions are. And it's interesting, it may be even helpful, but it doesn't have the same authority that these words do. So that authority was quite unlike the teachers of the religious law. What Matthew is saying here is that the words of Jesus are more powerful, have more power in them than any other word ever spoken or written. Even the laws of the land, he's saying here. So I'd encourage you, over the next 40 days through Lent, if you want to follow the book, that, that'd be awesome. If you don't, make up your own thing, and that's okay too. But spend some time in the red letters of Jesus, because they give us narrow parameter in a broad and destructive world. They give us truth in a world of great falsity. They give us wisdom in the midst of foolishness. You know why the words of Jesus are in red? Because when they were written, printed that way, and it's only a relatively recent thing, the hope was that the red letters would not just add emphasis and remind us of Jesus, but that they would remind us of the red blood that he shed. That the hope was that as we read the red letters, we don't just read them to learn, we read them to understand the sacrifice and the price and the cost that Jesus paid for us. We read the red letters to remember the red blood that was shed for us on the cross. That's where the gospel becomes real. That's where what Jesus did for us makes the difference. We, we, we could read the letters, the red letters all day long and it would increase our brain. Maybe it would change our action. But it's the red blood 
that changes our heart.